All right, Father Jonathan, I am on location. Ooh, which location? I am in the mountains of Spain. Uh-huh. If you can believe it. I'm, uh, I'm directing a retreat this weekend, so I'm not in my normal uh, situation. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to preach today, actually, sadly. Ooh. Well, guess what? Me neither. What's that? <laughs> I will say, though, here's something fun. Not only, not only am I going to get to preach next week uh, on Sunday... But I'm going to take the Immaculate Conception Mass on Tuesday. Oh, look at that. Very good. So I'll have the big the big school mass for the juniors. Nice, nice. Uh, so I'll have two big homilies this week. Very cool. Uh, yeah, make, sure, make, sure, make sure you practice the, uh, the, the prayers at Mass because you have to say the word prevenient grace. Prevenient. I love that. Yeah. Now, oh, totally. here's the thing, Father. Mm-hmm. I think, I think... I may be one of the only priests out there <laughs> that actually does practice on a regular basis the prayers. Huh. How about uh, that? So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me that you've already read the prayers for the Immaculate Conception? Uh, not this season. I did last year. <laughs> Very well. Uh, well, good. That sounds great, man. Uh, I I am fibbing a little bit. I am going to get to preach, but I'll be preaching here. At, I'm on a retreat and I'm directing and I'm presiding at Mass this evening. Um, but the homily is going to be very much geared towards the retreatants. And so Retreat. I'm not going yeah, to record it or anything like I normally do, just because it's very specific to where these people are, you know? I do know. Yeah. So anyway, but that's where I'm at. Um, so yeah, so why don't we just jump into what's coming up next week? We're already on the third Sunday of Advent. <laughs> We're almost done. <laughs> We're almost done. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I have a confession to make. Okay, I'm Father. hearing you. I'm gonna get my purple uh, <laughs> stole. Hold on, get my purple stole. Uh, so you know how, like during uh, ordinary time, you and I both kind of talk about how it'll be so it'll be so nice when we get into Advent or when we get into <laughs> Lent. Like things will change and it'll just be like blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah. Oh, great, mm-hmm. uh, a great change of pace. Mm-hmm. And now that we're here, mm-hmm. it's like oh god. <laughs> John the Baptist again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, is okay. that me or is is that other people? Do other people do that? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that the problem is us. Um, yeah, I beca- beca- assume that. <laughs> yeah, and here's my reason why. And this actually is a helpful thing to point out as we're like consistently preparing homilies. Is that one thing that you and I have to admit is that neither of us are at a parish. Like, neither you nor me are in a full-time pastoral yeah. setting where we're preaching the season day in and day out, living the season day yeah. in and day out, decorating the parish, getting people, you know, in full swing for getting ready for your Christmas. It's like, there's something about being a pastor at a parish, you know, where you can really start to, like, embody the season. You and I are just kind of, like, parachuting in on Sundays <laughs> for, you yeah. know? And so, like, one week John no, the that Baptist... Is very true. Yeah. So from one week to the next, like, it's like, you know, the same topic two weeks in a row. And we're like, well, but if you're at a parish and you're, you're the pastor, it's like, oh, no, no, no. Like you can build on what you did last week and you have a whole vision for your yeah. season. But not even you know? that. Like there's so, so much that builds up on the uh, during the week. Like that was one of the things that I was very surprised by at how, I mean, they're different gospels. They're usually a different, it's a different, you know, cycle, whatever. But if you like actually spend some time and pray with it and consider the whole the whole week, then there's lots of things that you've already a lot of work that you've already done, yeah. homiletic wise. Yeah. Like yeah, themes totally. have already emerged. 
that we just don't do because we don't preach daily mass. But yeah. I do once a week. Yeah, me too. I mean, I do maybe at most once a week. Um, yeah, and so I'll can celebrate masses, but I'll hardly ever get to preach at them. Um, yeah, so I think there's something to be said about that. Like if we were talking, maybe we should invite a parish priest to come talk on the on the show at some point just to get a sense from them. Like how do they engage the season? Because frankly, even as a religious, and I'm sure this is the same thing with you, living the liturgical cycle isn't really like daily for us. Like I don't really find like, <laughs> like in the sense, like I yeah. pray my, I pray the daily office for sure. And I go to mass every day, but I find that people in the parishes probably like engage in the season a lot more because they're decorating the church and they're, right. they're hosting fish fries during Lent. They're doing whatever, you know, all kinds of things. Um, anyway, well, I wonder, I wonder to what extent COVID has changed that reality. Are they more like religious these days? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. Good question. Um, I'll have to ask one. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, to your point, I think that like this upcoming third Sunday in in Advent, we have, again, basically what seems to be the same gospel we had for the second (laughs) Sunday, uh, just from Uh a different evangelist. (laughs) And so it's like, okay, (laughs) what what do you want to do with this now again? Like, what do you... Yeah. Anyway. Well, I I, I do have to say, you know, I don't tend to do this, but immediately... Well, sometimes I do. But the second reading really jumped out at me. Okay. And this is one of my favorites from Thessalonians. And I think St. Paul talks about this in other places. But this line, test everything, retain what is good, refrain from every kind of evil. Like this just seems very Ignatian to me. Maybe this is where Ignatius got it. You know, testing of the spirits, discerning of the spirits. Hmm. Um, That, and especially in these days, in this, you know, Okay, yeah, we're in we're in Advent. We're we're preparing for the coming of Jesus, but let's broaden the scope here. You know, I just mentioned the COVID reality that we're all living in. You know, let's are we testing everything there as well? Are we retaining mm. what's good, or 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 are we just doing what's easy mm-hmm. and what's yeah. convenient? Right, uh, right. Is no, that yeah. is that what what the kind of peace uh, that makes us holy? Hmm. Mm, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I appreciate uh, what you're saying here. Now, if I, if I were to preach this upcoming Sunday, which I think I'll be back in my parish for uh, the parish I do supply at. So I think I will get to preach next Sunday. Um, I like that you put the emphasis here on the discernment that Paul is speaking of. I think the other passages in James or in First John, one of the two, but the discerning of spirits, you know, uh, very explicitly. I appreciate that as a starting point because what I like about this gospel, unlike the gospel we had for the second Sunday of Advent, is that John actually speaks here, where I think in the second Sunday of Advent, it's just talking about him. Like, he he's referenced in in Isaiah, and then he's out there eating all that locusts, you know? Like, that's <laughs> that, there's John. Locusts. You know? um, but here, what I appreciate uh, is maybe you could have a whole homily dedicated to the temptation to pride. Um, who are mm. you? Who are mm. you? Uh, are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? Are you the Christ? And he's constantly, it's almost like the three temptations, but of John the Baptist. Um, he's being tempted with the mess- the messianic uh, nobility and power. He's being tempted with the titles. I mean, maybe he's not experiencing them as temptations, but you can kind of see it that way. And right at the start, yeah. you know, it was, he was not the light but they kept asking him, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And it's almost the voice of the evil spirit. And he's having to test that spirit. So like, 
like the, the, the discernment that you're pointing out in Thessalonians could really be sort of what's happening with John. He's testing the spirits here. Whose voice is this that's trying to get him to, yeah. to say that he is the Christ? And this could easily right. then turn into a moralizing homily where you could say like, are you the Christ? You know, speaking to the preacher, <laughs> speaking to the person in the crowd. Yeah. Well, then why do you keep acting like it? You know, um, anyway. Well, and again, to, your, to the point you made a couple of weeks ago, you know, we go back to this first reading from, from Isaiah. Uh, what is the Spirit of the Lord calling me to do? To bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, and release the prisoners. Like, that's those are very concrete things. Like, go yes. do the corporal works of mercy. And then what's the fruit of that? I rejoice heartily in the Lord. Yeah. Like, that's how you know. That's how you test the spirits. Right, right. Uh, you know, just like Ignatius says, the evil, the spirit of light, uh, the spirit of darkness can come as a spirit of light, and you'll, you'll know it basically by its fruits. Is this bringing division and hatred, or is yeah. it bringing uh, true joy? Is it yeah. bringing true closeness to the Lord? Yeah, 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 very true. And if you think about John, so John very much passes the test here. You know, if these are his temptations. Uh, he, <laughs> he passes makes a part into the West. <laughs> yeah, so can, exactly. These are his temptations, but as we know, I mean, you could call the voice of the Pharisees here kind of the voice of, of the tempter, because what's the fruit of this temptation? Ultimately, they're going to chop his head off. You know, like they're going to they're right. put him, not them particularly, but those with whom they conspire will put him to death. Mm -hmm. um, and the fruit, so the fruit of their temptation is death and division, whereas the fruit of John's labor here is nothing but, you know, the, the, the coming of the Messiah, you know, making him increase and me decrease. Like, this is all John living out of that desire for decreasing. No, 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 it's not me. Mm -hmm. I'm just the one pointing to the light. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I like that a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think maybe a good homily to... I mean, I think last week's, the second Sunday in Advent, it was setting up John as sort of a good example for us in terms of, you know, clearing out pathways. And I think one of the ways that we talked about it last week was like clearing a pathway to our hearts and all that. But now there's a good question here about discernment and how is it that what voice are we listening to, um, you know, and yeah, test everything and retain what is good, you know, that God, the God of peace make that he may make you perfectly holy. Um I don't yeah, know. That, you know, and, and I do think that there's still this Advent, like pr preparation, preparedness theme that we can still pull from that. Like, okay, we're preparing for the coming of the Lord. Um, I think there's plenty of room for each one of us, no matter where you are on the uh, religion, you know, whatever. Are you a good person or are you not? Like, how are you in your heart, like John the Baptist, preparing the way of the Lord? Yeah. How yeah, are yeah, yeah. you? Proclaiming the greatness of the Lord. Uh, how are you? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, just to your point before about the corporal works of mercy, uh, the the um, the Alleluia verse. You know, Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. So that echo of Isaiah, like that's that's the proof. You know, to bring glad tidings to the poor. Um, that's how you know that you know um, you're following the command of the Lord. You know, what are you doing for the least of mine? Again, kind of zooming out of the readings per se and looking at the at the um, at the season, like okay, oh wait a second, this is the third. Mm -hmm. Is this the pink Sunday, or is that the week after? Um, I think the third would be the pink. Yeah, yeah, because there's only four so, Sundays. Yeah. I think. yeah. So that could be why there's so much joy in here. 
um, because this is that moment when we get to take that little that little breather, like in Lent. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rejoice. Yeah. yeah, my soul rejoices in my God. That's the that's the Psalm. So that's a good thing to think about. This is what's it called? What Gaudete Sunday or Laud? I always get them confused. It's yeah. the same. <laughs> It's, they both mean rejoice. <laughs> yeah, two different languages, I think. Um, or two, whatever, something. I have no idea. Um, anyway. But yeah, it's one of the two. So that's where St. Paul begins with rejoice always. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, but like, how how would your homily, or would it, here's a good question for you, would your homily change with a temporary scenery change in the church? Like, you've got you've got your... Let's say you're in a parish, which you have been, and you're, you know, you're preaching your Advent homilies, and then in the middle there, they throw a wrench in there. You're wearing different colors. There's probably more flowers. The songs are going to be maybe a little bit more upbeat. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does, um, your, how does your homily change with that? Or yeah. should it? Yeah. I, I don't know. Other than the content, like the content would certainly then you know, maybe be more focused on the joy uh, element here. Like one of the things that I, I kind of go back to what you were saying about discernment, one of the things that we could totally put our Ignatian hats on and it being a homily about discernment, let's say, and testing the spirits, it's like, what is what does Ignatius say about consolation? Well, consolation is true joy, like true joy. And that's, the, that's what the risen Christ brings as a yeah. grace is true joy. So how is it that, like, if you want to know if you're following God's will, is joy being cultivated in your heart? So, like, that could be the that could be the in with the Gaudete uh, aspect. Is that the true sign of the Spirit in your heart is joy? Like that's what Mother Teresa would say. Um, yeah. So anyway, maybe maybe the content would evolve because it's a joyful occasion. Um, yeah. But other than that, I don't think I would necessarily preach differently. Would you? Well, let me raise the stakes then. Uh, because it's, I, okay, real talk. I find it easy <laughs> to talk about joy because there's so many wonderful biblical examples and, and the precedent for that, for, you know, Jesus constantly is telling us to have hope, St. Paul as well. Uh, but in the reality where so many people are out there suffering and literally dying due to this pandemic, and we've talked about this before, like, how do you preach uh, rejoice and happiness and let's all be friends because Jesus is coming Yeah, no, in the yeah. face of the realities of the world? <laughs> hey, so I'll maybe some real talk from me. Like, if you were to ask me today, uh, am I joyful? Um, I'd have a hard time. I'd be kind of taken aback. Like, if you asked me that question point blank, uh, David, are you joyful? I would probably struggle to answer in the affirmative because I would just like my head has been buried in the sand all semester, like with so much work and stress with the pandemic and so many things happening, moving parts, discernments about my future, ordination to the priesthood, all that, where it's like, it's kind of hard to take a breather and say, wow, like I'm so joyful for how good God is. And maybe that's precisely why God Sunday is a helpful thing. It's kind of that breather moment where you can say like, Huh. let's just interrupt all of it and just say, and just ask the question. Maybe like that's the point is to just ask the question, are Boom. you experiencing joy in your life? Yeah. Because if you're not, maybe something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think there's something there. Yeah, definitely. 
because I, you know, yeah, just like so many other things, you know, I'm thinking of confession in particular, like the beauty of the sacrament. Okay. Yeah. There's the forgiveness of sins. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but like a powerful part of that is actually saying out loud, here's where I have messed up mm-hmm. and I'm asking, I'm begging for forgiveness. And like just that act is so kind of releasing and cathartic. Yeah. 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 Uh, like, I wonder if we need a, a time like that. Just, I mean, and that's kind of beautiful that the church has that multiple times throughout the year built in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, confession, one of the things I love most about it is, uh, is thinking about as the priest now being able to smile to the person and say, go in peace. Your sins are forgiven. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. so much joy for the person. And I just know from my own experience receiving the sacrament how joyful that is. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think confession is a really good way of saying, like, wake up to the reality of how you've been ignoring uh, God's Mm -hmm. grace in your life. You know, like, I think Mm -hmm. keeping my head in the sand, that's a really good analogy for me, at least. And I I think it's true for a lot of us is that we're just buried. Like, we're just so buried beneath so much that it's it's really a lot. It's really hard to, and I'll use this word intentionally, it's really hard to enjoy life. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. You could probably angle it that way, too. It's like, are you enjoying life or are you just going through the motions? Yeah, you know, going back to confession, like, I would say my second favorite line in the absolution prayer after your sins are forgiven, uh, or I absolve you, anyway, <laughs> is may God grant you pardon and peace. Mm, yeah. Like, I, I really do try to emphasize that. Uh, in the confessional, like, this is what it's, I mean, in a sense, this is what it's about. God doesn't want you to feel overburdened. God doesn't want you to feel shame. God doesn't want you to feel all of these things that are from the evil spirit. May God grant you pardon and peace. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that when I, when I go to the sacrament and I receive it, that's usually the part that gives me the most release is when the priest says, pardon and peace. And then of course the I absolve you. I, I want that. I need that. I believe that's where the sacrament <laughs> happens. But that those two words really carry some power in, in my own experience of forgiveness too. It's like hearing that word peace kind of makes it happen, makes it a reality. Um, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, we're talking a lot about the sacrament of confession and this is last week's episode. We talked about it too, of maybe exhorting well, the, the faithful yeah. to go to confession, you know? I wonder if that if that shouldn't be, or, you know, is this a, is this an Advent theme? I mean, you know, like this is the confession of St. John, you know, like here he is bearing his soul. Who are you? I am not the prophet. I am not, you know, all these people. I am just John, a voice crying out in the desert. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Like that's, there's something there. There's something powerful there. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, if you want to bring it back to the theme of of discernment, it's like the voice of the tempter is going to try and get you to keep your head buried in the sand, you know, like, and, and pride, hubris, the arrogance that comes with claiming to be the Messiah, like that's the kind of head burying in the sand that will lead to your downfall. Um, Yeah. And he tempts us in really tricky ways. Like you're not being responsible if you're not overworking, you're not being, you know, Etc. Etc. Yeah. If you're not, oh, yeah. If you're not destroying your body, if you're not taking, you know, like all, every all of the things that we do <laughs> in today's society, <laughs> in today's culture. Yeah. Oh man. Are totally. fruits of the evil spirit. <laughs> no, totally, totally. You're preaching to the choir, bro. I mean, like I, yeah. Anyway, so there's a lot of food here for fruit for 
food for thought, uh, for sure. Good man. Any parting thought? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Cool. I would say my parting thought would be go to confession. Ooh yeah, do that. I need to do that too. <laughs> All right, buddy. Till next time. <laughs>